Welcome to La Vida, Love Vitamins for a Healthier Relationship, a podcast where we share stories for partners by partners. This is Rashi. And this is Anj. And today is July 31st. Partners, we're starting a new podcast series called Skip the Beat. And here's how it works. First, I'll share a story, a situation that a lot of us might go through with our partners in our day-to-day lives. Then, Rashi will take a stab at dissecting the situation and present key takeaways at the end. And the situation for today is revolved around rubbernecking. Rashi, can you explain to our guests, our partners, what rubbernecking means? Yeah. So imagine you're driving down the highway and there's a car accident on your left-hand side. And as you're driving, you kind of start to, you know, crane your neck a little bit, staring at that car accident, but you're going straight. At some point, you know, when your neck is turned um, to, to continue observing this car accident, that action is called rubbernecking. Awesome. Thanks for the explanation. So here's the situation for today. After eating a quick meal at the food court, you're heading back to the parking lot to go home. You're having a good day. You've, you're holding your loot from your shopping on one hand and your partner is holding your other hand and you feel bubbly. Mm-hmm. You're happy. Suddenly, you walk by this girl and you silently start to admire her beauty. You love the dress she's wearing. You love her earrings, her accessories. There's something about her aura and the way she's put up that you don't even realize and you give her a smile and she smiles back. And unconsciously, you're sort of staring, not in a creepy way, but you kind of are rubbernecking. When you look straight up again, you notice your partner staring at you and you are not sure how to respond. You feel like you've been caught, but doing what? You're not sure how to explain or what to say. So you just stay quiet and keep walking. Rashi, how would you dissect this situation? Well, Anch, I think attractions are very normal. So that biological response of rubbernecking and turning to kind of look at this beautiful person that's walking past you, maybe even getting that like butterfly, heart skipping feeling where your palms are kind of sweating and you're wondering what's happening in their life. I think all of those feelings are actually very normal. We're human beings. We're attracted to things that we consider to be very beautiful. Now, I think where the issue starts to happen is as a culture, we have stigmatized what it means to be attracted to someone while being in a relationship. And as the person who has that partner that's rubbernecking, I may jump to extreme conclusions like, oh, do they not find me attractive? Um, Do they have good intentions? Are they thinking about cheating on me? Am I not pretty enough anymore? And again, those are all valid feelings. And there's a lot of internal dialogue that's going on with each one of those feelings that we come up with. But really the, the root of the suffering and the tool that's probably going to have the widest set of benefits to the health of your relationship is being able to practice safer and more communication, oh, sorry, safer and more open communication practices. Now, what I mean by that is a safer space, which is actually a framework that we talk about on Levita, is 
A place where in your relationship you have normalized an environment where individuals can share things that they aren't necessarily sure how to express. So the fact that you know, you find somebody attractive is actually a really fantastic type of conversation to have in that safer space because the intention is not to fear backlash or being judged by your partner as you're sharing these feelings and emotions that you're having that you as an individual don't really know how to make sense of. Now, it's not like having these conversations is really going to you know, dramatically maybe change your relationship or even how you feel when you're attracted to someone. But what it can do for you is create an environment where in your relationship, instead of carrying around this feeling like you're letting your partner down or you don't know how to process your emotions, you can start building a deeper, more meaningful connection and have just more open conversations with your partner. That is interesting. What would you say from the point of view of the partner who's not doing the rubbernecking, the other one who's looking with a curious look, what sort of a safe space do, do they have to create? Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic question. As the partner on the other side, I think, I think their greatest responsibility comes from holding the space to be curious before being judgmental for what they assume their partner's intentions are. Those internal dialogues I talked about, feeling not attractive, doubting, wondering if your partner's gonna cheat on you, those are the emotions that we, as the individual who has that partner who's rubbernecking, can manage. It's our job to manage our emotions and communicate what we're feeling in a safer and healthier way so that our partner can also do the same. So you're sort of saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but not to discourage this behavior, but also acknowledge that this is happening and there's nothing wrong with it. It's natural from both point of view. Like I might be attracted to somebody and my partner might be attracted to somebody else and that's perfectly normal. That's not cheating. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And I mean, I feel like the degree to which every couple wants to be open in their relationship to the concept of attraction, that's that's something that you need to figure out in your own relationship. But as a concept of being attracted or just simply looking and appreciating in a respectful way somebody else's body or the way they're dressed or maybe even just how they smell, I think that we need to hold space to be able to do that without consistently feeling threatened or worried that we're going to be hurting someone's feeling. And if we can do that by creating a safe space in our relationship where we have healthy communication practices, then maybe next time when we're walking down the road and we see somebody beautiful, we can share that in the real time. Maybe even pass that compliment on to that other person and, and uh, put a smile on their face. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah, this, this whole situation sounds very funny to me, honestly. So from my point of view, I would want to inject humor, uh, maybe just to get the nervousness the anxiety out of it but just to sort of lighten the mood and not make it a situation uh, at that moment but when do you think is the best time to have that conversation when do you think is the time to invoke that safer space and communicate with your partner let's say you haven't done that before and you've got yourself at this moment do you stop right there and discuss it while the moment is hot or do you wait for 
to go home and then talk about it later? That that's a that's a great question, and honestly, um, the environment in which our feelings normally arise isn't the most appropriate environment to have that conversation in. So. When you notice this rubbernecking is happening, or if you notice your own response to the situation is becoming a little bit more intense and perhaps out of control, those internal dialogues are kind of clouding your your emotions and your judgment. My personal recommendation would be that is not the right time to have this conversation. This is a conversation where, if the intention truly is to build a healthier communication practice, you would set time aside, perhaps in one of your conscious coupling sessions, or you know, before falling asleep that night. Whenever you know in your heart that your emotional state is more, um, it's more managed, and you are more aware of how you're actually feeling, and can show up to that conversation with authenticity, to really be able to connect. And explain and listen, rather than blame and judge and belittle, which is normally how we all tend to operate when we aren't actually seeking out true understanding, but instead simply trying to push our own perspective onto our partners. So, my personal recommendation definitely would be to wait and assess an appropriate time for this conversation, but to do it, do it as a, a good homework practice for next time. That's interesting. Thank you for sharing, Rashi. Can you wrap up the takeaways? Absolutely. So first and foremost, attractions are absolutely normal. It's how we begin to normalize talking about attractions through building safer and healthier communication practices. That's going to really enable us to feel more and more comfortable in uncomfortable situations like rubbernecking. If you want to、uh, check out a framework that's going to help you get started in creating the safer space practice, I would recommend going to our blog and seeing what we have written over there, just to give you a, an idea of where you can start personalizing、um, this framework for your own needs. And last but not least, always listen to what your intuition is telling you, and when it's time to have this particular conversation, because just because you want to have it right now doesn't mean that right now is the right time to have it. Rashi, thank you so much for bandaging all of that together. Partners, if you have a story that you would like us to share and dissect, please reach out to us. The links will be in the description. Thank you, and see you next time.